Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. We are recording this live at the big show. Oh, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you so No, no, thank you. Oh, Matt, what a day it's been. It's been a busy day. I'll tell you what, I've done some steps today, I promise. You have. You've been here, there and everywhere. Just just outline to us what you've been up to today. Uh, well, it started this morning. We've been filming on lots of manufacturer's stands. Uh, I was on the expert panel at lunchtime. That was great. That was packed again. Uh, I had a tour of a few new products, which was great. We were at Coachman uh, filming their lovely new A-Class motorhome. Uh, and we've been filming all sorts of products. We've been unpacking Fiamma awnings and all the different numbers that Fiamma use. You've been for unpacking them? Yeah. The awnings? <laughs> the facts about <laughs> Fiamma. So it was a really good unpacking session with Carl from Fiamma. Brilliant. Really helpful. So that's just some of the stuff. And that's just some of it, yeah. I came and sat in on your expert panel. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I must okay. admit, I did see you there and I, <laughs> I panicked. He's yeah. going to heckle. You're in the front row. I was in the front row. Yeah, yeah. And you all had the trousers off. It was just amazing <laughs> to see. It was full, by the way. It the, was packed. The front it? row was empty when I arrived because you know what people are like. They always sit behind the front row. I don't know why. It's just human nature. So I took my position up on the front row. And by the time it was over, the whole auditorium was packed. It they was loved he- you. Yeah, lots of questions. It was good. We got deep into the 90-day rule of the Schengen zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, that's a fun one. More of that to come. And uh, payload came up again, oh, unsurprisingly. More of that to come. Uh, yeah, so lots of good questions. Hopefully the audience found it helpful. Fantastic. I've been talking to some people as well who want to speak to you, Matt. So listen to what they have to say. Patricia Bailey from Hertfordshire. Paul Freeman with Patricia from Hertfordshire. So you're at the show from Hertfordshire. What are you looking at? Uh, looking to upgrade to a bigger motorhome than our Benamar. We want to travel for a couple of years. Yeah, we're just having a look around, see what's here, see what we like. Here for the day or for longer? Just for the day, yeah. And you're from Hertfordshire, that's a long way away. It's a fair distance, but it's straightforward run, just lots of traffic. But yeah, it's okay, it's not too bad. What are the first things that you zero in on uh, to see? I looked at the Benamar stand and really wanted to come round and meet Matt and yourself, like, you know, yeah, a detour to find you. You're not a tax man, are you? No, I'm not a tax man. <laughs> are you going to have a look round? Are you in the market for a motorhome or a caravan? Yes, yeah, uh, within the next six months, I think, yeah. What have you got your eye on? <sighs> haven't at the moment. We're looking larger than our uh, Benamar ST. 6,000 euro whatever which is is a big six berth but it's just not enough space for what we're planning to do and what are you planning to do France Spain Portugal Morocco back over Italy Austria Germany back over to the UK to do uh, three months here to finish stuff off and uh, then away again have you toured like that before um, no, I think the longest we've done is about three and a half weeks travelling down through France into Spain, Andorra and back up again. So, yeah, all in three weeks. So what is it about motorhoming, caravanning, camping that you love then? 
To be honest, it's the freedom. You, you can get to a hotel and think, oh, I really don't like this place, but we're stuck here. You pull up in a motorhome and you think, I don't like this. We'll drive on until we have somewhere we do like. And the people in motorhomes are normally just so friendly, helpful, and you just make loads of friends that way. It's really nice. Budget. There's some big price tags around here, isn't there? I would say it's got to be under 200000 which I think is a reasonable budget for, for what we're looking for. So even if we just get an idea of what we want, as Paul said, six months or so, we'll be looking at actually writing a check out. So, yeah, just a good look round today. Well, thanks for speaking to us. Good luck and have a great time. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to meet you. Thanks, Keith. Cheers there. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with that leisure shop.com. There you go. And Matt, some happy campers, as we like yeah, to yeah. say. But what came up? Budget. Yeah. Money. Those numbers in the windscreen, what have you seen as you've been going well, around? Well, they've come with a realistic budget, given where we are as a marketplace. Uh, 200k, I mean, years ago, not many years ago, that was unheard of. I mean, you were into a really, really expensive, uh, either American or big German motorhome like a Morello, a Concorde perhaps. But now there are increasing amounts that are ebbing up to that 200k mark, which is just remarkable, really. I think we've seen lots of prices at 130k and above. I've been talking to dealers and they're, they're getting concerned about their average price on the forecourt. Here, people reporting that the, the average cost for a motorhome on their forecourt is 112k. You'll hear from a dealer in the future where I spoke to someone today about it. But you know, that kind of takes us up to 200k. That's almost a different demographic uh, of customer that's spending that much money. And in fact, even has that much money to spend. There's a lot of money in as well. Uh, financing uh, a new uh, camper vans, uh, motorhomes it, it, it is something which people have got to be thinking about because interest rates haven't gone down, have they? They've gone the opposite they've gone way. Up. Yeah, they've gone up. What, what the finance companies have done, though, which is kind of clever, they've increased the term that we can borrow over. But, of course, that means you're just going to pay more over time so it's not half your life it's the rest of your life <laughs> all of your life yeah. and your kids uh, and, uh, but they've increased the term that we can borrow over uh, against the motorhome because they're a fairly secure asset for a lender you know they don't drop in value and there's no sign that that's going to happen uh, and they're always a, a fairly secure investment for a, for a finance company we're about the big show at the NEC we've been talking to you my name's Mark McGillicuddy and I've come from Redditch just up the road so a local show for you then, Mark. What brings you here? Just to see if there's anything new, what's exciting. Uh, fun to, to see what that uh, Bailey electric van that you reviewed the other week was like. And just to see what's new. And there's a few new things, but you know, not as many as you hope. But there's some new stuff, so that's good. And what about the prices? Has the cost of living crisis hit motorhoming, caravanning and camping? It's interesting to see the premium brand prices are still way, way high, but some of the more mainstream brands seem to be recognising that they can't quite charge the price and pitching models at the different, the good, best level, which is the only sensible way because not everybody can afford the best. Do you have a van yourself? Yeah, we've got a Burstner. Happy about the dealer that we got it from, who's a really great guy, Moran Motorhomes. They were really good, always looked after us, and we said if we'd ever buy another vehicle, it'd be more about the dealer than the vehicle, if that makes sense. I suppose it does, really, because you know what you're going to get with the vehicle, but it's the level of service that counts, isn't it? Exactly. We had some things like the water pump failed in France, and you ring him, and he talks you through it. No problem, no 
I'll get back to you. Just dealt with it, sorted it over the phone. And it's that sort of support that you want from the guy who you're buying off who knows the vehicle inside out as opposed to some sales guy who knows the price and the colour and not much else. Now, you're not related, are you? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's always just struck me how lucky we were finding a dealer who had that level of support. A couple of points there, Matt. Uh, The dealer, let's talk about good dealerships and good dealers there. We heard from a customer who is likely probably to go back to that dealer in the future and came here especially to our stand at the show to talk about his good experience. Yeah, that's right. You don't know who the good dealers are if you don't know, do you, though? How do you find out? I mean, he had a good experience. He was fortunate. Listen to the Motorhome Matt podcast? (laughs) Well, I can help people advise on the good and the bad. I mean, read reviews. That's always my advice. Uh, And talk to other customers of that dealer if you can. But you get a gut feel and trust it. It would always be the best advice, I think. But yeah, read reviews. Uh, let's talk about the other point that he brought up there, because we were talking about financing and costs. And he said something very interesting, which is, if you can't afford the best, you're going to go for something a little yeah. lower spec. And I thought that was very interesting. He's still in the market, yeah. he's not moaning about the prices, but he's saying, look, I've got my budget and I'm not going to go over. Yeah, and I don't think it's the case that motorhome manufacturers are just pushing the price up because they can. You know, prices have gone up. Materials have gone up. Raw materials have Everything's gone up. Everything's yeah. gone up. Staffing costs have gone up. Shipping costs all went up. A lot of these costs are slowly coming down again. Human resource isn't. Uh, that is going up in price, true. But, you know, shipping costs, material costs are starting to level out a bit. But the, the lower budget brands aren't necessarily building cheaper vans because they can. You know, they're under massive pressure. And those margins on those vans are much thinner than they used to be. Uh, and they're still now, you know, typically 55, 60K. What is interesting, though, that I've seen here at the show is some of the vinyls on the windscreens where we've got show offers, they've come back. There are some discounts, packs being included for free, even money off. Uh, and I think there are two bits in the marketplace. We've spoken about this before, and I've been walking around witnessing this for myself, where the kind of smaller end of the market, the VW van market, has become really crowded, uh, and the family market, and they're under pressure because families just can't afford an 80 grand motorhome typically. And so it, I think we're seeing, and I have seen here, discounts on those types of models, uh, where you get the 200 grand motorhomes, kind of you know ambivalent to that really if you're spending two hundred thousand on a motorhome what's another ten thousand pounds do you know what i mean almost the case you can borrow that fairly easily or you've probably got it so we've talked about the cost of living crisis i've got a couple of questions from listeners coming up who've come to us at the show and i've recorded them before i go to them though matt you've been here for the last couple of days so what are the main themes that you're taking from it we've talked about prices yeah. What about everything else? What about the stuff that you put in your motorhome or your camper van? Uh, what about the prices of, of those accessories? And are people still spending, do you think? Absolutely, they're spending, yeah. People are carrying boxes around, walking back to the car in the evening. People are going back, you know, laden with stuff. We've had a really good day at Maypole at that leisure shop on our stand there today and yesterday. Uh, in fact, we were really taken aback by how much money people were spending on those accessories. It was brilliant. So we were really 
chuffed with yesterday and we'll get the final numbers on today, tonight. Uh, so I think people are, have come prepared to spend money. Um, visitor numbers are, I mean, yesterday it was 110,000 pre-sold tickets for the week. Uh, and we had visitor numbers, well, we've got 25,000 people coming on Saturday. There were only 1,200 or so tickets left for Sunday. It's going to be a very, very busy weekend. But I'll tell you what's been encouraging is some of the innovation that I've seen at this show. I was in a Frankia, which we're going to go and look at tomorrow. Uh, and I've never seen a motorhome design quite like it by a European manufacturer. It is very different. The theme is all about colour. And this is a manufacturer that's very long established, quite a traditional manufacturer, high-end, yes, uh, and they've gone very creative and almost fun. And, I mean, <laughs> Germans having fun is a scary thing, uh, but it's really brightly coloured. And the, the one on display is mustard. So it's a prototype of, of a product coming in later in next year, April time. Uh, but it's fascinating to see. And I've seen a number of new products here at the show. Bailey have been mentioned already. The Endeavour EV is here. Of course, that's a prototype. But it's great to see that Bailey are launching a number of new models. So manufacturers seem to have some confidence to launch new models, which I find encouraging. That means we're getting some stability back into the market. That's a good thing. Just to the back of us on, on our stand here for the Motorhome Map podcast is, is Sony. Yeah. And they have got the most incredible sound and vision systems uh, for motorhomes and caravans. Uh, are things that you know are a big, big investment. And if multinationals like them are in with premium products like that, surely it's a market which is on the up. Yeah, it is on the up. I mean, the boom. Look at the number of people coming to the show. I mean, today's been a quieter day. Yesterday was packed. But it's Wednesday. I know, yeah. midweek. I mean, the first day of the show is always busy. Historically, club day. Um, so members of the Caravan and Motown Club come in for, a, yeah, I think it's either free or for a lower price. So it's always a busy day. You get all the press and the trade here. But there seem to be a real influx of new people. At the expert panel, the number of questions coming from people that said, I'm a newbie. You know, they didn't yet have a motome or they had just bought one. So it's really exciting. You know, it's, it's rife and it's booming, it's growing. It's a wonderful pastime that still appeals. And what will be interesting as well as we go through the week is the age demographic. Look at the aisles and look at the age of the people walking around. Today, I've, I've not seen any children. It's half-term week. Oh, I've seen a couple. Places. Have you? Yep. There is a, a younger demographic walking around the halls. That's a change for this show, in my experience. Uh, and that's exciting. And we've still got the traditional customers uh, uh, as well, the older, the retirees, they're still in there. They're the backbone because they're the ones with that nice little pension <laughs> pot that gives them their tax-free lump sum, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so that 25%. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to see that. Because yeah. um, <laughs> you might. <laughs> We're at the Motorhome and Caravan Show 2023. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Matt Sims. I ask the stupid questions <laughs> and too. Matt gets chased around this show by everyone. Oh, Matt, darling, <laughs> Darling. Darling. No oh, one said that to you? me. Yes, they have. I was there. <laughs> uh, I went into the NCC, the National Caravan Club, is it? Uh, lounge. It's just National Caravan Council. Council. They let you in? Yeah. Well, they, they gave me a tray and they told me to pick the empties up. <laughs> <laughs> but I got in. <laughs> Listen, you were just trying to blag a sandwich. Yeah, well, we've got a couple of people who want to ask you some questions. So listen closely. Your expertise is required. My name is Barry Arthi and I live in Portugal near Lisbon. This is one of those questions which keeps on coming up and we keep on trying to pin it down. You're from Portugal. What do you want to know? In the UK, if you drive a combination of car and caravan, over three and a half ton. I believe now 
you can drive it on a category B license. You don't need B and E. But in Portugal, you still need B and E. So, what happens when you come from the UK and the police stop you in Portugal? Secondly, in Portugal, for a Category B license, as an exception, you can drive a motorhome up to 4,250 kilos. What happens if you come to the UK and the police stop you? Now, are you here at the show, you're here for more than one day? Yes, we're for today and tomorrow. And what, have you come from Portugal? Yes, yes. We arrived in the UK yesterday. This time next week, we'll be in Spain on our way back home. We're only away from home for a couple of weeks. Sounds like a wonderful life. <laughs> Apart from the roadworks in the UK. <laughs> and are you taking a motorhome or what, caravanning with no, you? I've got a motorhome with me. A Bursna bought for, through a dealer in Portugal. So it's all Portuguese registered, left hand drive, everything. So very pleased with it. How did you get here? From Lisbon up to Santander and then ferry from Santander to Portsmouth and we'll do the same on the return. And how long does that take? Uh, the ferry coming over takes 24 hours. Going back takes 36. It's a two-night crossing going back. But the main advantage is uh, you get into Spain at 8 o'clock in the morning. So you've got all day to drive. We heard some horror stories in a few podcasts ago about the cost of taking a motorhome to Iceland. It was thousands and thousands. What's the cost like for you? For this journey, I've paid over £1,000 there and back and my motorhome is 7.17 meters in length and that's for two people with a cabin and then obviously food on the top and everything like that there we are talking of adventurous retirees man <laughs> now i know he talked a lot after the question but the question sort of bamboozled me a bit what was he talking about okay so he did ask this question in the expert theater today and bamboozled the whole panel <laughs> i think he's just been walking around with his so, question so in the UK, you can now, he's quite right, you can drive a train weight of seven tonnes, actually. You can drive a three-and-a-half-tonne motorhome and tow up to three-and-a-half tonnes as a trailer with no training, provided the vehicle you're driving can, can tow that. Uh, so he's quite right. So going into Portugal, technically, if you're driving on a UK licence, UK licensing laws would apply in that country. So if you had a UK driving licence, you could drive in Portugal. But if a Portuguese policeman stopped you, and the rules were different, what are you going to do? If they, you know, so I would be very cautious about this. The honest answer is I don't really know what would happen. You'd have to test it. Um, his other question, what was his other question? Uh, can you remember or are you that bamboozled? Completely bamboozled. <laughs> so this was about, I don't know what it was, it was about 4,250. So in Portugal, he said you can drive up to four and a quarter tonnes in a motorhome. Well, I did not know that. Now, in this country, you can drive a four and a quarter ton van if it's non-diesel, if it's alternative fuel. So if it's an electric van, there is a rule that the derogation has been passed that you can drive up to four and a quarter tons. That doesn't apply to a motorhome. So electric motorhomes don't exist at that level yet. It's only vans. So we're hoping that that derogation will get, will get extended to what's called motor caravans that would include electric motorhomes. But at the moment, my understanding is the only van that can be driven in the UK up to four and a quarter tonnes without a C1 test is an electric van. 
even though he's a Portuguese resident. Well, I didn't know that rule existed in Portugal. I bet it's only for electric vans, so right. we need to check the facts there. Brilliant. I've got another complicated question for you. You're going to love me for this one. <laughs> so, uh, Graham's from Preston. Now, you have a question <laughs> for Matt, don't you? And it's to do with telephones and being abroad. What is it? Right. I'm drifting out to Spain for the winter, and I've been told I can get a SIM card for my mobile phone. And I was just wondering if you got any information on SIM cards, uh, what I can use in Spain. I suppose cost is what you're looking at as well, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, Maura, you want to watch TV programmes, stream TV programmes while you're in Europe and you want to know how to do that because the IP address when you log on in Europe blocks those programmes. So, is there a way around it? We've we tried before. Sure. Occasionally you can get... It confuses sufficiently so you can do it, but most of the time it just comes up and says, you're not in the UK, you cannot watch this programme. So I suppose uh, the uh, TV stations do it because they don't have the rights to broadcast in those countries, but I suppose when you're streaming, it makes a difference, doesn't it? I think it's what they say is you need a VPN address in the UK that you latch onto. Um, and some people will have a system that does it, and some people say there's a SIM card that does it, um, but it's very confusing when you're not savvy. And that is the word that sums that one up, isn't it? Savvy, because not everybody is technically savvy, and a question that started about my SIM card actually wasn't about their SIM card. They want, when they're abroad, when they're in Spain or when they're in France, and they want to stream Strictly Come Dancing, it's blocked because mm -hmm. of rights issues, and they want what's known as a VPN. They want to go round those restrictions, and you can, can't you? You can achieve a VPN that means the SIM thinks that you're in the country of the TV you're trying to watch. That's what they're trying to cheat by being in a different territory. But so it's not illegal? No, it's not illegal at no. all. They're just trying to hide where they are um, so the SIM provider you know, doesn't charge them or doesn't block them. There are SIMs out there. I was just looking on my phone while they were asking me, trying to find the details because I've forgotten. But there are SIMs out there that are ambivalent to location. So EE do a French SIM. <clears throat> I can't remember the name. I wish you'd asked me this before we started <laughs> recording. I'd looked it up. Uh, but there's a SIM you can buy. It's a French SIM. You, you buy it in the UK and you can use it all over Europe and it doesn't block you. I would definitely talk to people like Motome Wi-Fi. They would be able to to advise you if you're coming to the show they're here go and talk to Adam and his team and they will be able to advise you how you can achieve watching uh, Strictly Come Dancing while you're in Spain yeah absolutely but I think that underlines people who as you said aren't technically savvy it's a nightmare it, it is for people <clears throat> and yeah. you know it hits motorhomes particularly the older generations you know don't want to be patronising but you know VPN and this and that and sim and what and where am I going you know it needs to be really simplified well we're going to do a whole episode on this where I gave a presentation at some of the Warner shows recently on Wi-Fi on the move uh, and I kind of unpack the, what you need to know about sim cards uh, I won't go into it now because it takes too long, but what questions you need to ask so you can buy yourself the right SIM and the right hardware. Uh, and there's a handful of questions you need to ask of your pastime, and that will help you kind of steer yourself to the right result. So if people come to this show, they can meet dealers uh, uh, who, who are retailing uh, yeah. things, which will help there's them a number, There's a number of people here, specialists in it, I'd say Motone Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi on board are here as well. So there's quite a few experts in the hall that really understand this niche and can give you the correct advice. Final question for you before we sign you. off. <laughs> A battered sausage or cod for tea? 
definitely cod. Oh, I thought with you were going to say a battered sausage. There you no, go. that's you. <laughs> well, okay then, Matt. Well, thanks for catching up with us. Uh, no doubt we'll catch up with you again. And we'll do it all again tomorrow, shall we? If people want to get in touch, if they want to... You can do that very, very easily. If you go to www.mhmp.info forward slash Matt. That was a hammer act for, wasn't it? <laughs> well done. <laughs> Just go to the website, you'll find it. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.